Hi, this is Suzanne. Hi, this is Annie. And you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors and a very special, special episode coming to you from a rooftop bar in Las Palmas, Grand Canaria, where I am here with a very, very old friend of mine who happens to run an absolutely fantastic not-for-profit called The Pleasure Project, which is all about helping to eroticize safe sex and take some of that I don't know, what would you say? The negativity around safety and sex and kind of... It's about completely flipping the narrative in sexual health programming and sex education because, um, as we all know, most of our experiences of sex education have been about death, disease and danger. And so it's about flipping the narrative and centering pleasure and the actual reasons why we have sex in the center of sex education and I mean it seems kind of so obvious to say it but that's unfortunately the narrative has become way too far the other way it's about what to avoid not what to want yeah and uh, well I mean we spoke on we've spoken on this podcast before about how especially as older people our sex education was so limited if we had any sex education at all I don't recall any sex education at all I recall having a biology class where probably um, it was mentioned about how you make babies but that certainly had absolutely fuck all to do with pleasure yeah, no, that's most people's experience around the world. So, the, you know, my experience was a biology class where my biology teacher, bless him, got completely embarrassed at an all-girls' school and then told us that there was a fail-safe way to prevent pregnancy. We were really excited to know this. And then he said, you take an aspirin. We are even more excited. It was like a household object. And then you place it between your knees and you hold it there and keep it there. <laughs> That's, and then we did about three months about like pregnancy oh, God. and then they wonder why so many people got pregnant yeah there's no dis- I mean I don't think it's changed that much sadly but there wasn't you know most people have an experience of not um, you know even being able to think about what they might want in a relationship right and that's what I mean you know good sex education should be about you exploring what your aims might be in a relationship what you want what how you what kind of pleasures you want to give and receive and the very important thing that we found out we've discovered or researched this year we did a big um what's called a systematic review with the world health organization where we looked through all the research of the last 15 years to see what difference it makes in sexual health programs or sex education if you consider pleasure if you include it if you actually talk to people about eroticizing condom use or asking them what they want rather than what they don't want and we found that it has a significant positive impact on sexual health outcomes so we now have the evidence that by not talking about pleasure it's actually damaging to sexual health as well yeah and i suppose you know one of the again one of the aspects of being an older person and talking about pleasure is that and um just as a as a very sort of as a sideline um there was a book written by vivian okay now i'm going to struggle with this called music 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 boys 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 she was in the slits and she was oh, talking the about wonderful slits. Um, she was talking about how when she was a, a punk 
all the pleasure was completely focused on men and she was giving a a, a, um, a blowjob to um, to John Lydon, who said to her, "You're really terrible at this, and you should stop now." <laughs> she and the reason I say that is because she just hadn't considered her own pleasure at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think you know one of the things we wanted to talk about was how our our history, our understanding, what we know about pleasure, where we learned about pleasure, how it informs how we think about pleasure as an older person. And I know that we get a lot of responses from women, especially older women, that just clearly have never experienced pleasure and mm. or don't associate pleasure with sex. Mm. And so therefore they're all, they're finished with it. They're mm. just like, you know what? I'd, I'm not having it anymore. I don't want to have it. The shop is shut. The shop is shut. Mm. Yeah. And and so what's your view on that? I mean, about how we how we rethink pleasure as older people. So, I mean, I think that there is, it's obviously, there's gender disequities. We've seen that from the orgasm gap data, right? Mm. And so, and there might be you know now with younger people better access to information through the internet that if you're older we d- I didn't have that right you didn't have access to you could just google you know how to have an orgasm whatever Can't, you couldn't do that when I was younger no. so I think that that's probably combined to lead to this situation where um and also the type of sex education you had and also the stigma and the shame around seeking your own pleasure mm. which is which is um, harsher or for a, a woman or somebody with you know marginalized sexuality or sexual identity would all compound right mm. but you can flip the narrative and that's what the pleasure project's about you can flip the narrative to one where actually for example you know in parts some parts of the world in West Africa having going through the menopause is a moment of great liberation mm. because if you live somewhere where you don't have access to contraception all of the <laughs> risks of you know becoming pregnant are gone and there and there's a great um, you know it's a time of liberation it's a time to take a lover it's a time to have fun your children have grown up you've got more space in your life you can maybe you've got you know more time to think about what kind of pleasure you want you can you know one thing we've got something called the pleasure principles which is about how to put pleasure-based sexual health into action Um, and um, you can look on our website and see those and one of the pleasure principles is called love yourself and it's about you know part of that is about taking a moment to think about what have you actually enjoyed in the past Mm. and you know what in that that can be wider than sexual pleasure but what have you in what what do you really like doing and then recreating that and then the next stage will be telling somebody what you'd like them to do with you right and that's something not enough of us do you know just sit down with a piece of paper and you can throw the piece of paper away and you can say write down what you know what were the, what are the experiences in the past that you really loved or what fantasies have you had that you'd like to create and you know maybe being a bit older and having a bit more time away from maybe away from you know young children whatever gives you that chance to explore that a bit so you can I think you can flip the narrative to a positive one as well yeah and 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 I suspect that there's a lot of menopausal women as I as we've seen as well who have used 
later life as an opportunity to just be more creative with their sex life because they don't have the kids knocking on the door. They don't have to have sex just at night because, you know, that was the prescribed time when you had sex, right, or in the morning. And they can use Sunday afternoons for just exploring pleasure, being just just having fun really and I think as well there's an aspect of that which is as you say that which I do I go through my mental rolodex of fun and I sort of think what were the really good times that I had what were the times that I really really enjoyed you know having sex but what were the environments what were the what was the words what was what went on in those scenarios and that even you know that's those my sort of masturbation fantasies is all is my mental wank bank as I call it just going through all of those things and sharing them with other people and going look not to not to make you feel inadequate in any way but this is the stuff I really like I just want you to hear the stuff that I really like is this is this kind of stuff. So if that's something that you're open to, then well, I guess let's also try being that. older, you've had more life experience, so and you might have had more chances to experience different types of sex and different types of pleasure and different types of pleasure on the planet, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Because I think there's also something about expanding your sense of your sexuality and sensuality, mm. and you know you might also just think that you want to combine sexuality with other things that you really enjoy I don't know so I think having had more experience might allow you to be more reflective as well mm. and we at the pleasure project have done lots of events where we've collected fantasies from people and have created this like fantasy bank where you know I think that's it should be like it it's like a crowdsourced good isn't it you should be able to just exchange them right and we can see which ones work for us and which ones don't yeah cards a little card game where you just pull one out and go oh do you like this one? Oh, that's I quite like that one yeah that's quite good because I think that there's a lot of people who do struggle if they've not been been creative in their sex life that once you start to go can we be more creative in the, in our sex life don't actually understand what that actually means mm. because they've never had an opportunity to do that as you say they might have had very limited sexual experience and so having something like a creative bank of ideas of what what other people's fantasies are might spark their own kind of fantasies but uh, you know the other thing of course about all of this is that we know that older people now are getting more STIs than they mm -hmm. ever had before and this age group is particularly prone to them because we grew up during a period of our, of our life pre-AIDS pre-HIV all of that where it wasn't it wasn't an issue you know well it wasn't uh, it wasn't I, for me I mean like, yeah it was, was for me getting 18, pregnant 19, HIV was the yeah, you're a bit younger than mm. me though, and I'm I'm a bit older. And HIV came around when I was just graduating from university, mm. so I'd already been through my whole university years having fun, using a diaphragm. That was my that was my contraceptive. My, that was my go-to. I really loved my diaphragm. And then I had a friend who moved to San Francisco and was smack in the middle of all of that stuff and was writing me incredibly long letters telling me that I really needed to be careful and I needed to use condoms and I needed to do all these things. And by then I was in London, where again, it was it probably came a bit later um, than it did when it all kicked off kind of on the West Coast in San Francisco, New York, places like that. So 
but I know nowadays there's a lot of resistance amongst older people in using contraceptive primarily because they don't think that they're going to get pregnant anymore which let's face it I'm not going to get pregnant anymore and they think therefore you know I don't need to worry about that so how can we help them to overcome this resistance and become more you know understand that you can have fun with condoms which I recently have done and I have to say it's fun it can be fun and I think you can also for first of all safer sex can be much broader than condoms right and so I think also as you're getting older and maybe your bodies are changing you have to we have one pleasure principle which is like about being flexible right and you know that doesn't necessarily mean having you know yoga sex but (laughs) it's also about recognizing that we all have the capacity for pleasure but we need to adapt and be flexible and I think um to somebody's context to their identity to maybe your physicality yeah yeah it's huge and so I think so you know adapting to I don't know whatever might be changing in your aging body and how you then facilitate pleasure and have pleasure is the same with um safer sex right you know one element is using a condom and how i can talk about how you can eroticize condom use but it's also about the fact of saying that sex doesn't have to be penis in vagina right yeah yeah it can be also neutral masturbation it can be you know we can learn can learn from the young (laughs) people that have you know made such an art form of sexting and like remote sex and Mm. i think we also all learned quite a lot in the pandemic about how to have sex not being in the same room for example (laughs) yeah yeah. and so i think that you know with technology with um you know learning through the pandemic there's so much so many more expansive ways of thinking about pleasure and it actually you know we really do need to make sure we don't just think about that you know penis in vagina sex being the moment or how we define sex sex is much broader than that and that already facilitates better pleasure Mm. but i think also when it does come to using a condom um you know there's so many again for me it's about it could you know i think condoms are sex toys right you know it's just that we've been They've been sold to us and advertised to us in such a kind of negative way and such like, you have to wear a condom or else you're a bad person. But actually, you know, if we, if you think about, you know, you're actually rolling latex onto a hard dick. You know, you could think about it as a sex toy, right? And, you know, do it in a sexy way. Mm-hmm. Like a bit like putting on stockings or rolling on a latex dress, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just that there are now better kind of advertising campaigns which are exactly about that. Like about, you know, seeing the condom as the green light for <laughs> you're just about to have that kind of sex or it being an invitation or rolling it on really slowly or there's a whole range of mm-hmm. different techniques you can use to really incorporate it and enhance it and spice up your sex life in the way that you might use a sex toy right yeah, yeah, so yeah. it kind of makes me laugh a bit when you see a sex toy which is something that you will also roll on the penis like one of those vibrating cock rings and somebody would do that and think that's really sexy yeah but then would say oh rolling on a condom isn't sexy when it's actually the thing you're doing just before yeah. sex so i think it's about flipping the narrative in our mind which has become very accustomed to thinking about this being the condom moment that stops the sexiness when it actually can be really part of the sexiness yeah yeah for sure yeah and peter did a tiktok video the other week talking about intercourse and outer course yeah and outer course is now apparently a word word that we've never um used before no outer course yeah (laughs) 
But again, I think, you know, that was his point as well, is that it that penetrative sex is just one form of sex. It's not like everything. And there's lots of other different forms of sex. And of course, there's other things that are just generally sensuous, which is, you know, massage, learning where your other erogenous zones are versus just thinking of them as just all around your genitals, you know, all of that sort of stuff that people just completely ignore because they think that the main act is penetrative sex in a heteronormative relationship and that's the you know that's the primary goal and we know that's not true and, and, and a lot of women can't come from that well right. yeah <laughs> like something like 80 yeah, percent yeah just a small number it's just, just a, it's just a just really one or two yeah <laughs> it's just a really really small tiny little number but yeah, I mean, it was funny. Yeah, last week we were talking to a guy about premature ejaculation and, you know, guys that can um, that come in around 30 seconds, which is, which is kind of the norm for a man that struggles with premature ejaculation. And he was saying that most of the women that they interviewed about how long they would like to have penetrative sex with a man for, this was their survey that they did, said eight minutes. Eight, okay. eight minutes. That's it's what they like, wanted. Yeah. They the wanted, women wanted that. Yes. Eight minutes. Only eight minutes. I was like, God. That's not very long. That's not very long. So what are they doing for the other 35 minutes? <laughs> Well, maybe they're having really great, you know, what, I mean, also I don't like the word foreplay, right? Does yeah. It, foreplay is like the starter before the main act. So yeah. we have to rename foreplay and it be... Do you have a new name for no, foreplay? No, I don't. I've been thinking come about on, this. Come if anybody's on, anybody's got a good name for, maybe that, what's, so outer course? So outer what, course is kind of like foreplay, isn't okay, it? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Outer course is kind of like foreplay. Because the problem is, it's, yeah, you're, you're then like touching somebody's clitoris is called foreplay as opposed to real sex whereas actually for most women that's what real sex they, what, yeah. they, what they need for an orgasm but also it's about this weird hierarchy yeah, which yeah. we don't need which we've got very kind of stuck into you know yeah. in kind of heteronormativity <laughs> well I mean the hierarchy started again in our youth when certainly if growing up in the states we had first second third base oh god everything yeah, was around that. baseball symbolism <laughs> it was all around you know first base was like um you know hand down her shirt right yeah second I'm, I'm trying kissing. oh no kissing was first yeah. base second base was hand down her shirt third base was hand down her knickers yeah. and fourth base was penetrated or his knickers and fourth base was penetrative sex so yeah i mean we've always had in my entire lifetime we've had a hierarchy around what constitutes the act yeah, and, and what constitutes like getting on the train that's going to a station which is intercourse right <laughs> that's right that's right and i think that's where um, non-heterosexual relationships have actually benefited heterosexuality in a way because there's a there's not that same script yeah yeah there's more of a flexibility when you're when your sexuality has been less determined by heteronormativity by you know by cultural norms then you can like it becomes more mixed up right you yeah, don't yeah. have you don't inherit this script so you're yeah. not on that train to intercourse <laughs> Last stop intercourse. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's interesting because I guess at, as we become more 
as more people become open about their sexuality, that is starting to to integrate itself into heteronormative sex, right? Is that so much of sex now that for good or for bad, sometimes for not so good, but but clearly there's been a swing in heteronormative sex towards anal sex for instance because of uh, because of porn right um and similarly more women are now going i i i love oral sex i want more oral sex i want i'm gonna date a woman (laughs) because she knows what she's doing was that what you're gonna say no yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah yeah, and yeah, and the very, very few men who kind of know what they're doing as well, um, but some of them do. I, What's I, the percentage? I don't know. That's a good that question. I don't know, but a, a friend of mine said the other day that she's dating three guys and they're all under like 35, and she's in her 60s, and none of them seem to know where the clitoris is. So that I, oh my I, God, I, I was hoping I was, things have changed. Oh yeah, me too. I was really quite surprised by that. Especially with all the, yeah. the YouTubes and all that. You'd well, think, you'd think, you'd, you'd think, think, wouldn't you? but um found them under a rock somewhere yeah but it, i mean going back to pleasure it is you know a lot of what we say at, at sex advice for seniors is about the importance of communication about the importance of being able to express what you want knowing what you want and self-pleasure surely is the complete start of that yeah and looking at how using self-pleasure we can eventually communicate with our partner no it's not there actually i mean yeah that's the first that's about loving yourself right Mm. but it's also you know about understanding your own body so that you can tell somebody else it's about feeling becoming more comfortable and there's been such a stigma around masturbation right which now hopefully we're moving a bit away from at least in the uk um and but but it's been much less talked about with women right yeah yeah and so much more taboo so i think um that that you know that's a so maybe that's something that older women might have more concerns about right and feel that it's not something they should do but you know and there's you know there's also you know the technology and the gadgets are just so improved i mean some of them are pretty expensive and you don't need them but that can really help you understand like what feels good right for you so i mean do you think that there's definitely um that you can see a difference in because you've worked with so many different cultures in talking about self-pleasure as an example with certain cultures where that's just completely not 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 happening it's so it's much more taboo in some cultures where um it's taboo for for men and women oh really but like it would be so in some um situations like spilling your seed unnecessarily might diminish your power yeah so that's what you know so if a man ejaculates and it not be in a vagina then it's kind of your potency or your life force yeah. is believed to be being <laughs> lost right mm. or you might have to stack up on more red meat to get it back <laughs> honestly that's i mean but you know we also have strange beliefs in the uk right or we yeah. used to and we still people still do think whatever it's like you're gonna get hair on your hands and yeah some people believe that it's being unfaithful 
right? Yeah. There's all kind. There's so many different social norms and cultural myths tied up in masturbation. Or you're going to start and you won't be able to stop. <laughs> or like you know, and and and, and you know, and uh, the ultimate you know horror is about um, in you know the belief that the clitoris needs to be cut off or yeah, yeah. snipped, female genital mutilation because female pleasure is too threatening, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so. But, I mean, that's not to say, I mean, women who've had FGM still feel a lot of pleasure because, as we know, the clitoris is inside, inside yeah. Um, well, we, we didn't know until about, you know, 1998 you know, when they did it, like, when the first <laughs> MRI was done of the clitoris. A urologist in Australia did that, which is absolutely shocking, but now we do know. But, yeah, I think that... Um, so is pleasure a privilege... Um, I would definitely say that um, pleasure is, we all have the capacity to feel pleasure, mm. but the context in which we find ourselves in mean that some of us have more pleasure privilege than others. Mm. There's a really interesting hierarchy of um, sexual identity that somebody called Gail Rubin mm. um, drew up. And that's just a hierarchy where, you know, if you're a heterosexual married person, you have more sexual identity privilege right mm. and more sexuality privilege you're expected to have sex you've got all the the trimmings that you know you've got access to healthcare or people kind of it's it's normalized and whereas if you have if you're queer or if you're a sex worker or if you're of a marginalized identity or you're working class you have less access to that and i think pleasure privilege maps onto that pretty well yeah yeah so there's obviously male pleasure privilege right men are expected to go out and get pleasure and jokes are made about male masturbation whereas if women in the same way seek their own pleasure they you know are demonized they're called sluts or they or it's all their lives can be at risk yeah you know so that's also different levels of pleasure privilege right from living in different parts of the world and of course if your sexuality is illegal where you live yep. or you have to hide it from your family or so yeah definitely i think the that pleasure privilege maps onto that and it's very closely aligned to those kind of things you know the laws or the culture where you're yeah and I suspect that again just looking from an age point of view that one of the big taboos and part of the reason why we do this podcast is because sex and older people is considered you know it's not accepted people think well why are you still doing it you don't need to do it you're not procreating anymore it's kind of gross it's kind of icky it's it you shouldn't ick ick uh, you know i get things on tiktok thank you mum and stuff or you shouldn't be talking about this this is a platform for young people you shouldn't be saying this sort of stuff so there's a huge amount of ageism mm. when it comes to sexual pleasure huge amount of ageism and I and I, and I suspect also because as older women, going back to the beginning of this conversation, they were so many of us were brought up to believe that pleasure just wasn't something that we needed to. It wasn't for us, you know. It was sex was heteronormative sex when we were young, was about mainly about male pleasure. It just you know that's if we learned about pleasure at all and. I have friends I know from conversations don't masturbate, never have. Some one person I know in particular has never had an orgasm. Probably I haven't spoken to her for a while, but I suspect that's still true. And you know, I think that there is a privilege 
or a lack of privilege in older women being able to talk, have, be comfortable with all this stuff around pleasure. I think I think Western women are incredibly fortunate if they, if as an older woman they're still they're still doing it. You know. Well, I think it's definitely very very ageist, isn't it? But that's also there's also an assumption that your pleasure maps onto your reproductive capacity, yeah. which is also the the danger as for as a for a female or somebody with a womb. There's a danger that um, that's also happened. You know, in terms of the family planning world as it's called right yeah. you know and and the the discussions are just about um family planning which is plainly ridiculous because if you've got access to contraception how many times in your life do you actually have sex to have a child yeah or become pregnant it's very you know contraception is the ultimate sex toy right it liberates you to have that kind of stress-free mm. pleasurable sex but yeah there's a huge amount of like you say ageism and assumptions about you shouldn't be having sex after you've you know you're not you're youthful not, anymore and yeah. we internalize that and you know feel a stigma around that whereas as i said if you can you know we all have the capacity to feel pleasure and you might yeah. have had more experience you might be in a different place in your life and able to enjoy yourself more for whatever reasons and it's about um, overcoming that internalized shame and stigma about what you should be able to have and what you should be entitled to have yeah i mean the fact is though that there's not a huge amount of resources out there if you are um an older person looking for that kind of thing with you know thinking about your own pleasure um because all the except if i suppose if you watch milf porn which is the most popular form as i was saying on youtube no not you you porn Oh, Pornhub. Pornhub. Yeah, that's Porn. one of the most popular searches. MILF is one of the most popular searches on Pornhub. So Who knew? Who knew? That's great, isn't it? But, but yeah, but there's not a lot out there for older women to to think, yeah, it's okay. It's okay for me to to want more pleasure yeah, in my life, more sexual pleasure. Is, is like, you know, if you're an older woman going out with a younger guy, you're seen as a cougar, right? And if you're, a, if you're an older guy going out with a younger woman, that's totally accepted as the norm, right? That's right. So there's a lot of judgments specifically about older women yes. and pleasure and their sexuality. And that's, again, sexism, isn't it? Around, you know, what, yeah. what should they actually should they be actually going out and looking for it you know and it's just what carries on from um the assumptions about being a a slut when you're younger if you also want to have pleasure as a woman like consensual pleasure with somebody so yeah for sure so if as an older woman you want to explore yourself and your pleasure and you want to flip the narrative as annie says and get more pleasure in your life be positive is there anywhere the pleasure project you can go to the pleasure project where's this fantasy bank that we can find so you can just check out our website thepleasureproject.org.org um we have like we're also on on um social media all the social medias but um if you look up the pleasure principles that is um easy to find on our website it's seven inspirational fun kind of steps that you can with loads of like practical tips and links and about how to explore your pleasure and pleasure-based sexual health so you can see there you know 
anything that you you know lots of things and lots of very kind of practical advice you know we can always put extra links on there as well about you know other stuff that we've that come you've across. found yeah that we've come across about like um, age and yeah. pleasure. So it's never too late to explore your own pleasure. Think about what you enjoy. Think about what you've enjoyed in the past, and go out and get good sex, pleasurable sex. Whatever great masturbation. Great masturbation. Yeah, go play with yourself. <laughs> That's how we're going to end this. Go play with yourself. <laughs> go play with yourself tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Annie, from The Pleasure Project. Thank you. And goodbye. Bye.